Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time now for our Wall Street Week daily segment. The host of Wall Street Week, David Weston, joins us every day at this time. And David, you always have some great interviews, yeah. and you actually found somebody and dragged him into the studio. With for a us little to talk. bit yeah. of history with Wall Street Week, actually, yeah, we're I delighted know. to have with us now. Anthony I feel Scaramucci. like we should be playing the music. Exactly. Louis Ruckheiser in the background <laughs> That's or something. Right. Right. Anthony Scaramucci, of course, is the founder and the head of Skybridge, but he also hosted a version of Wall Street Week in the day. So, welcome, Anthony. Great to have you back. It's, it's great to be back. Yeah. I've uh, got so, some of the old memorabilia. I'm going to send you one of the hats. Okay. <laughs> so, Let's start with China. There was big news out of China over the overnight about the stepping down of the short term, actually, yep. foreign minister, which was something of a shock. Somebody I think you know, he spent time in Washington as ambassador. Mm -hmm. I know Skybridge has been very active in China, and you yep. have views about where we should be going. What is this likely to mean for the relations that we're trying to put back together between U.S. and China? So, you know, I'm a little bit of a contrarian because I know both parties now have decided that China is our great antagonist. If you listen to some of the campaign rhetoric from the presidential campaign, uh, but I think long-term, that's not in the best interest of the United States, nor in the best interest of the Chinese, and for that matter, the world. And so I'm hoping long-term that we bridge the gap. I think the replacement of the foreign minister is a good signal, actually, from the Chinese, because the rhetoric was quite harsh. The rhetoric and tone seems to be coming down a notch. Uh, and I, you know, my friends in China believe that now that President Xi has consolidated power and has sort of set, set himself up for the next decade plus, uh, that there's going to be a rapprochement. I hope there will be. Mm -hmm. uh, we may have different ideologies and different uh, ways of thinking, and we have a two-party system, they have a one-party system, but we're the two strongest economies in the world, and we need to figure it out. So we'll be doing our conference in Hong Kong, hopefully some point in 2024. I think one of the big and questions, Anthony, is where can we get along well, and where are we just going to be competing with each other? I mean, we a lot of talk about red lines. We have some ideas of where the red lines are on national security. Where are the places that you think that we really can work with the Chinese economically? Well, I mean, that's the big debate going on in Washington right now, right? Like, we've, we've more or less uh, stopped some of our chips, the AI chips, mm -hmm. going into China. Uh, we don't want them to stop their rare earth material shipments to us and our allies in the West. And so I think that's really where it has to be. You know, China, whether we like it or not, has over the last 30 years been the Saudi Arabia of manufacturing. And so uh, I don't think we're going to be able to reposition ourselves that quickly. Mm -hmm. Moreover, if you just look at the principles of global trade and thinking of uh, David Ricardo, it doesn't make the most sense for the United States to go in that direction. I mean, mm. It's great campaign rhetoric, yeah. uh, but it doesn't necessarily lead to better consumer benefits or better employment metrics for the United States. So I think we need to calm ourselves down a little bit. I think it's important for business leaders uh, to be in China, have a presence felt in China. I yeah. like the fact that U.S. CEOs are traveling more to China, right. and I'll be making a trip myself to Hong Kong in September. But is that consistency, that stability? 
immediately there because when we talk to CEOs, part of the concern they have is not so much that they don't want to do business there, it's that policies seem to shift, the relationship mm -hmm. with the U.S. seems to improve and then it gets mm -hmm. worse. Yeah. And it's just kind of like nobody really knows where this all ends. Well, listen, yeah. I think that's something that yeah. we do take for granted in our country yeah. is the stability of our judicial and legal system. And mm -hmm. so there's no capricious behavior by our judges, by and large, mm -hmm. uh, very predictable standards in contract law, mm -hmm. and there's less predictability over there. It's one of the reasons why the United States uh, should still be heralded as a reserve currency. There's no way anybody's going to be able to compete with us that way. If you think of our free market system right. and our legal system, and so we're way ahead of the Chinese that way. Uh, and so, but we have to recognize their rise is generally beneficial for the planet because yeah. less poor people better. Mm -hmm. uh, not to go all the way back to George Kennan, but let's just go there for a second. <laughs> Greater global interdependence, more peace and prosperity. Yeah. And so this fraying in China, yeah. some of it is being done by nationalism on both sides. Okay, It, it served President Xi to have this uh, charged rhetoric as he was consolidating power, and it certainly has served the populist communities on both the left and the right. Yeah. But I think long term it's not great common sense yeah. uh, for the world or for the, for the United States. I do want to get your thoughts. I do want to get your thoughts on artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Obviously, even the heart of uh, at least the current uh, split between the U.S. And, and China has a lot to do with these advanced chips. But just talk a little bit more overall about the promise of AI. Whether you find that promise or whether you, maybe you just think it's hype. Well, listen, it, yeah. it, it, it's certainly hype, but I want to remind everybody that, uh, and we're getting a little old here. I mean, David and I, not yeah, you. No, you look, no, yeah. no, you look great, by the way. But I mean, I'm, I can go back to the March uh, 2000 debacle for Web One and the NASDAQ, yeah. and many of my contemporaries swore off technology stocks, and they missed the greatest investment of a generation, arguably perhaps the best investment in U.S. economic history. So we're probably in a bubble for some elements of AI. But when you think of the promise and the exponential growth of what's going to happen in AI in terms of the efficiencies, the improvement in productivity, Yes, there'll be some elimination of white-collar jobs and what have you, but in general, people's quality of life is going to go up a big tick, mm -hmm. and there'll be another great wave of prosperity. So uh, I'm, I'm an investor. Mm -hmm. We're planning new product offerings mm -hmm. related to it, yeah. and I think long-term we'll be fine, but we could be sitting here six or 12 months from now. Are you investing, with a, are you investing in like smaller companies, or are you investing in like uh, Microsoft? Mostly, lar and, mostly larger uh, traditional uh, companies, okay. but, but my, my, my point is we yeah. could be sitting here six months from now, and we could be talking about it. A, uh, a bubble bursting in AI for a whole assortment of different reasons, and everyone will be in I told you so mode, but if they wait five years, they'll be well sure. rewarded. Well, let's talk about the timing specifically, because mm -hmm. when it came to computers, it took a while for it to show up in productivity, like 10, 15 years. Yeah. It might it take that long for AI to really show up in, for example, productivity. So we don't we don't think so because we we already think it is showing up in in productivity. You know, I uh, I'm writing a new book, and I put into my chatster uh, what would be a title that you would name Anthony Scaramucci's new book. Oh, uh, some gosh. of them were quite cheeky yeah, that I, I didn't like. Some of them <laughs> were quite cheeky that I didn't days? like. Yeah. yeah, but some of them were quite good. <laughs> yeah, and that would have been three hours of brainstorming. Yeah. I submitted those to my publisher. They yeah. pick one of them, yeah. and off we go. And so you you can find yourself in a uh, brain blocking moment mm -hmm. uh, and you can turn on one of these yeah. uh, technologies and you could have a breakthrough. Yeah. Well, we'll wait for that book eagerly, actually, Anthony. Well, hopefully, hopefully you invite me back. We will, you know, indeed. I look, I look okay. forward to being on Wall Street <laughs> Week. Thanks so much to Anthony Caseramucci. He is SkyBridge founder and managing director. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Nyka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.